Here we are, another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, what's happening with the Barry YMCA? Still looking for a new home and running out of time. We get an update. The Barry Women's Show is back after a two-year layoff due to COVID. We go behind the scenes. You may have heard of them. You may have heard them sing. If not, you will hear from local singer-songwriter Kyle Walkup today. And we'll learn about a new fundraising effort from the Season Center for Grieving Children called Hope Around Town. But first, Brant Clark has returned to Barry and the Barry Colts with gold medal in hand, having spent the first part of the season with the Los Angeles Kings. Barry 360's Ian McLennan sat down with Clark to talk about his success at the World Juniors, his experience with the Kings, and how he hopes to help the Colts get to the next level. Congratulations on your gold medal win. Um, right off the top, you went from Los Angeles to the Team Canada. Pressure. Czechia, the first game loss, you know, we get a lot of people jump off the bandwagon right away. Oh my God. Um, you're used to the pressure, but what sort of what sort of atmosphere was it like? Yeah, I don't think any of us were actually ready for like how much attention we were gonna get, how much how much support and like yeah, what people were upset when we lost, the people were upset when we, we didn't do well. So yeah, you definitely had to definitely had to battle some of that. You know, it was you know, people you know, you a lot of media coming at you, you know, a lot of a lot of questions and stuff like that. But um, we had a really strong group, really uh resilient group in that dressing room and uh yeah it was definitely a tough showing boxing day but we wanted uh we wanted to use that as a learning lesson luckily that wasn't an elimination game and uh from that point forward we just uh always took steps in the right direction and that's uh we didn't uh if we didn't learn from that game i don't think we would have won the gold medal so it all uh it all worked out in the end and how did that tournament help you grow as a player do you think i think i just um through my confidence you know i feel like uh it was just it was just a like i said it was just a crazy atmosphere something you don't uh, it's like a once in a lifetime experience you know I, even playing in the NHL, you don't really see like that many people just like, you know, so rabid over, you know, especially 19 year old kids. It's, it's, yeah. it was a really special moment for all of us. And, uh, yeah, it's something I'll treasure for a really long time. And, uh, yeah, personally, I just, yeah, I think, uh, just playing against the top guys in the world at my age group, it was, uh, it, you know, I felt, uh, right at home, felt confident with, uh, with the pocket and everything. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think my, my overall game grew, grew a ton. And that gold medal you won too. I mean, you huge contributor uh, in that gold uh, gold medal game. Two of the three goals you 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 connected with helpers there. So you, I mean, you were a huge role. I know you're modest, but you were a big part of that. Yeah, yeah, it was cool to be uh, be a contributor. You know, I was just uh, I just wanted to do the best I could every time I got tapped by the tapped by the coach. You know, was especially in overtime. There's you know we, we look calm out there, but you know everyone's hard to race, and so you just want to make the right play. And uh, luckily, I did, and luckily. Uh, Two forwards went on the two on one and and, and uh, converted. So it was uh, yeah, that was a really cool moment. And yeah, like like you said, just to just to be a key contributor in a, such a high high pressured game, it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty special for me. Now Todd McClellan gave you a pat on the back verbally. The fact that uh, you know tough for a young player to pack up, leave Los Angeles, and and go in the other direction. W- were you keen all the way, or did you have some reservations? Obviously, the dream is being the NHL. Uh, that's what I was, I was dreaming for all summer. That's what I was super excited for when I, when I made the team out of camp, it was, it was dream come true. But, uh, you know, we talked with, uh, Rob Blake, the GM, we talked with Todd, you know, this is, this is the path they wanted me to take. And this is the path they thought was best for my success. And, uh, you know, looking back, they made the right call. It was, it was really special. It was like, like I said, it was a moment I'll never forget just with that group and that, that atmosphere in Halifax. It was, it was, it was really special for me. So, uh, yeah, there was definitely talks about should I stay there for a bit longer? Should I should I go to World Juniors? And uh, yeah, they, they they knew I'd be a key contributor. They knew I'd uh, help the team get to the gold medal. And uh, so yeah, I'm really happy they made that choice for me. And uh, 
when September rolls around again, I'm just going to try to try to impress them again and try to crack that roster uh, like nine months from now. Now, you've been described as a new era defenseman with your offensive capabilities. Um, where did that come from? Was that something you always wa- you wanted to master or... I don't know. It's just kind of something that's always been part of my game. I've always wanted to contribute in, uh, on the offensive end. You know, even at, being at the blue line, I just want to, you know, find a way to contribute, find a way to transition pucks quick, get the puck in their zone. You know, the best way to, you know, play defense is have the puck in their zone. So it's, uh, that's the way I, that's the way I think of it. You know, if, if we're generating, that means they're not generating. So, uh, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's always been, yeah, it's always been part of my game. I've always been able to make that right read, make that, uh, know when to jump in the play and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's just kind of that's just kind of who I am. And I've I, I don't know if I've ever been taught been taught that. It's just kind of like every every time I'm on the ice, it's kind of a mentality is you know let's make the right play in the D zone. But when uh, when there's it's time to be creative in the offensive zone. When there's a chance to make a play, let's make a play. So that's that's kind of what I do. Now, Brand, you've got another goal. Is that's of course an OHL championship and a Memorial Cup and um, headed in the right direction there. Do you think as a team? I do. I really do. You know, that's the next uh, four months. That's what all our, our goals are. You know, that's that's where every day we get to the rink. That's what our, our mentality is. We need to take a step in the right direction to make that 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 a reality. So, uh, you know, there's still there's still things that we need to, we need to clean up. But uh, that's the dream for all of us. And I, I want to contribute as much as I can. You know, I want to lead. Uh, I want to lead this team to that realization. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun couple of months. We have a really good group uh, of guys, and I think that's that that goes a long way when you're a really cohesive group when when everyone gets along really well. I think that uh, that goes a long way, and that's what we have. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty special to see what we can do. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Barry Colts defenseman Brant Clark in conversation with our Ian McLennan. Stay tuned for a new feature on what Barry's talking about, a weekly roundup on the Colts with their TV color man Gene Pereira, who also writes Colts game summaries for Barry 360. Barry Women's Show returns this weekend to Bradford Greenhouses after a two-year COVID-induced break. Barry 360's MJ is interested. She thinks you will be too. She's with event coordinator Marissa Nazarek. 2023 Barry Women's Show happening over at Bradford Greenhouses. And it's the first one in a couple of years. Pretty exciting to have it back. Yeah, absolutely. We were honestly, we're more than excited. Can get, you know, women, you know, to feel inspired and excited about being back at the show and just getting a fun day out with your family, friends and girlfriends. And uh, what can uh, people expect when they when they come? So they can expect um, a wide range of vendors from local to obviously corporate vendors, which is really awesome. Um, you can also expect there to be um, a, like a, a schedule of shows. So we have pretty much everything starting from 10 a.m. all the way till 4 uh, p.m. on Saturday for, you know, just awesome, you know, one of our, some of our vendors just speaking about any anything and everything that they want to talk about, how to empower women and how to make them feel, you know, better about themselves and just kind of give some uh, insight of like what they do and who they are and you know how can we be better as individuals so that's happening all day Saturday as well as Sunday so that'll also be from uh, 10 to 4 too and then another thing that guests can um, see is that we're actually going to have show feature uh, a feature of one of our local photographers, uh, Trish Beasley, she'll be doing um, complimentary uh, digital photos. And you can also get your makeup done, uh, also complimentary, by uh, Blushington's Beauty Bar. Do you have to um, schedule something beforehand or just sort of show up? And if you can get in, that's great. Um, honestly, just to show up. They start at 1. Um, so then, yeah, just show up from then and, you know, you get a free photo taken. What I like about this is, like, there's all this talk, um, you know, uh, 
us women have a lot of responsibilities <laughs> and one of them is actually self-care but it's easier said than done a lot of times um you know you hear everywhere self-care self-care for yourself to make you better but it it is hard to do so this is sort of everything under one roof to to help you do that right Absolutely. And it's just also to get women inspired to, you know, hey, if you need to do this or check out this vendor, maybe you were too scared to maybe talk to them. You know, it's just about opening up that and actually seeing a person rather than, you know, contacting through email and whatnot. So at least this gives you like a really good interaction to, you know, meet new people and honestly just mingle, learn about more about the community and what's happening in the community as well. Where and when can people get tickets and how much is it? People can actually start pre-booking for their tickets now through Eventbrite. Um, so if they just kind of go on Eventbrite, type in uh, Barry Women's Show, we can have uh, the tickets will pop up there for them. Um, they can also end up uh, getting uh, tickets through our website as well. There's also a link there, and our website's just womensshowberry.com. Um, and then they can also purchase tickets as well at the door. We'll have everything set up there so there's no issues. And the $5 ticket fee actually goes to Roots for Youth, which is a uh, charitable uh, donate um, a charitable fundraiser that helps um, you know kids get a post-secondary education after dealing with a loss in a family. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. That was Marissa Nazarick, spokesperson for Bradford Greenhouses. Been a rough road for those involved with the Barry YMCA trying to find a new home for the facility after the Grove Street site closed a couple of years ago. Where do things stand? How close are they? Here again is Ian McLennan with the wise Jill Tetman. Boy, the search for a new home in Barry for the YMCA of Simcoe Muskoka has been a lengthy one. A proposed location at the former Barry Central Collegiate fell through when the developer made changes to the site and then a proposed build on city-owned land of the so-called H-Block next to the public library downtown. That collapsed under the weight of just being too costly. So, Jill, where do things stand now? We are continuing to explore a number of different options. Uh, we're really open at this uh, point to look at every potential option that is available. We have a number of people that have come forward with different site options for us, and we are building that list and doing some analysis on each of the options that come forward. We really want to make sure that we um, are when we look at building that we're building in the most fiscally responsible and sustainable way, as you know, that's one of the reasons that we chose to walk away from the uh, H-Block site or beside the library. It just it was not feasible for us to build there. And so uh, we are exploring a number of other options, which means that we're doing some analysis on each site that becomes uh, available and of interest, and we're continuing to do that. Are you still zeroed in on a location somewhere downtown? Our preference is definitely downtown. That's our vision for a community hub, downtown Barrie. We are exploring a little bit beyond that uh, within Barrie. There, you know, there's lots of parameters or areas that we don't want to go to from a market share perspective. But we really are looking at in and around the downtown area. Now, last summer you said you'd like a shovel in the ground by 2024. The clock is ticking, and how many factors are at play right now to achieve that? Yeah, definitely lots of factors that will determine that. It has to be a feasible date for us um, because, uh, as you know, we do have a, a very generous grant from the province of Ontario, but it expires March 31st, 2027. 
which means uh, we cannot be collecting money from that grant beyond that period. So um, when we work our way back from that, we, we really need to determine and, and have a site finalized by the spring. There was a capital campaign launched to build a new Y, and this took place actually pre-pandemic. So what's become of that? Yeah, absolutely. The campaign is still going. It's It's been a quiet campaign since probably just around when the pandemic hit. We have already raised nearly $5.5 million from our community uh, donors. We've received commitments from the province, um, as I said in the past, $29.9 million from the province of Ontario and a commitment from the county of Simcoe for $2.5 million. So we haven't launched a more public campaign until we have a site that we're campaigning for. Um, but there's constantly our website, 100 Reasons Why, is still active that anyone can still donate to this project. Have you received any funding from the city of Barrie? Not uh, to this point. We have not yet. Will you be seeking any cash from Barry? Yes, we likely will be seeking uh, some support from the city of Barry. Again, it, we need to work with the city to determine if there are, are sites that um, are available through the city that we want to work with with them on or just other opportunities. Obviously, we want to be in the city of Barrie. And so I think there's lots of opportunities that we can work with the city on um, looking at some kind of donation grants, something to help support, to support us moving forward. Now, the vision for a new Y has been a community hub, preferably downtown, and partnerships, too, with various organizations like Youth Haven. Has anything changed there? We are still um, open to making sure that we achieve our vision for this project. And our, our vision, as it has as it stands, is, is that community hub um, that is inclusive of child care and of traditional youth housing um, and of other, other sort of supports through uh, Royal Victoria Regional Health Centre and our partnership with them around rehabilitation. So that continues to be our vision, uh, and so that's what we're looking to to achieve in finding the site that fits that vision. Our Ian McLennan in conversation with the Barry Wise Jill Tetman. What Barry's talking about is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we began last July, meeting Greta Van Fleet drummer Danny Wagner learning how to cut home heating costs during the winter and introducing you to a new take on ping pong. You can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to what Barry's talking about through any podcast distributor. Still to come on what Barry's talking about, up close and personal with Innisfil singer-songwriter Kyle Walkup. Hope Around Town is a new fundraising and awareness campaign launched by the Season Centre for Grieving Children, and we launch our new weekly Colts Roundup. Now this. Our community rocks. It's a well-known fact blood transfusion saves lives. It's also a well-known fact that the world relies on voluntary unpaid donations to fill the need for blood. The need for blood never ends. Canadian Blood Services in Barrie is calling on you to help save a life. Please consider donating today. Appointments are mandatory and must be booked in advance. Book today at blood.ca through the Give Blood app or by calling one 888 donate Our Community Rocks is brought to you by Peggy Hill, broker of record, Remax Hallmark, Peggy Hill Group Realty. Barry's Rock Station, Rock 95. This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. 
I'm Dan Blakely. Barry Colts have been on a tear in recent weeks, stringing together a few wins, making a few deals in the run-up to the playoffs. What better time to launch a weekly segment with Colts color man Gene Pereira, tracking what the team has done over the last week and what may be in store for the coming week. Barry 360's Will Conkin gets the insight for us. So, Gene, let's get to the nitty-gritty. What's been the the good, the bad, and the ugly about the Colts this last week of play? Brant Clark returned to the squad and some other additions as well. Yeah, it was a pretty good week for the the Barry Colts. They continued what really uh, has been a, a, a bit of a hot stretch here since the beginning of December uh, with uh, with uh, three wins. And uh, it, it started, obviously, with the return of Brant Clark uh, and uh, as well uh, the addition of Brandon Hache, uh, who came over at the trade deadline for the Kingston Frontenacs. What's, uh, what's Willie, um, head coach Williamson really looking to get from uh, Hache? Um, I think, you know, with Hache, he's kind of the perfect fit for Brandon Clark, who's kind of an offensive defenseman. And uh, Hache's addition as a solid stay-at-home, and he kind of brings that, that nasty edge um, that you know, something that they, they really needed back there. And uh, Hashi is regarded as one of the top shutdown defensemen, so he's a real guy that you could kind of put him and Clark and pair them up against the, the league's top lines. Prior to the trade deadline, were they really looking for someone like him? Yeah, I think he was kind of the perfect fit. Obviously, you knew, uh, once you kind of knew Brandon Clark, uh, Brad Clark was going to come back, um, you know, he's really added to this defense. Uh, uh, obviously, he gives you that offense with him and Bo Aiki, two guys that can really, uh, you know, play a big role in the offensive uh, part of the game. Hashe brings kind of a different element. And, again, I mean, when you look at this blue line, this Colts blue line now with the addition of Clark and Hashe, it's right up there among the best in the Ontario Hockey League. And, uh I think those two guys are going to log a lot of ice time. But again, this is a very deep blue line with uh, Archer Cholak and Bo Aiki and Connor Punnett. Uh, you know, and, and it just, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, come playoff time when, uh, when you got those back-to-back uh, games or, you know, every two days, uh, you can really roll out those top guys against the other team's uh, uh, top lines and shut them down. The other player that uh, the Barry Colts acquired was Ethan Quick from Ottawa. What are your thoughts on him? You know, again, a young player, and uh, you know, he comes again with this uh, this move. When you look at the Colts uh, this year in the draft uh, with uh, Colt Baudouin and uh, the addition of Carter Lowe as their top two picks, big hulking forwards that can really, you know, come playoff time that can really. Uh, uh, help your roster in the sense that they can kind of do the battles in the corner in front of the net. And that's what Quick brings. He's supposed to have that reputation as kind of a, a more physical guy, a, a guy that's willing to, to do those battles along the boards and so on. And again, guys that are tough to play against. And I think it's something that the Colts have tried to turn around the roster. Traditionally, we've seen the, the, the smaller, more skilled players. But uh, recently, we've seen the additions of guys like Baudouin, who obviously still have the skill, but when you look at their size and uh, their ability to fight and forecheck, um, it just brings a completely different element. And come playoff time, I mean, usually those elements uh, are highlighted and, uh, and find success. And then how are the Colts looking this week? Speaking of Ottawa, they're coming to town on Thursday. 
Yeah, it's it's really a you know a great test. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, they started the week with the game against Owen Sound on Tuesday, but the, the games against Ottawa and then Windsor, Ottawa on Thursday and then Windsor Saturday are really good tests for a team that has been red hot. I mean, uh, both those teams, Ottawa was number one in the league. Uh, they've been number one in the league all season, and then you got Windsor, which is really balled up. Shane Wright. Uh, trade at the deadline and a couple of other big additions. So those are two of the so-called favorites uh, uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, and it's going to be a real good test to see where the Colts stand against the league's best. And uh, I think uh, it's going to be some pretty exciting hockey because when you get those type of games, uh, you know both teams seem to raise their uh, their level of play, knowing that you know it, it's a test, and they kind of want to send a message that hey, we're for real. For sure. Well, very much looking forward to this week. That's it for now. Thanks again, Gene, for talking Colts with us. Thanks, Will. You can read Gene's Colts game day summaries at Barry360.com. Lots of support for adults when a family member dies, but not so much for children. Enter the Season Center for Grieving Children in Barry, offering peer-to-peer support to children and families who are grieving. But like any such endeavor, funding is needed to keep the center going. Barry 360's MJ hearing from Season Center founder Roly Ramey about Hope Around Town, a new fundraising initiative for the center. It's all about hope, and you have a really cool spin on it. You want to make hope not this far-going thing, but an actual thing. Hope is real. Yeah, hope is real, and what we're trying to do is take uh, our logo, for lack of a better word, and bring it to a life-size and bring it bring it to a lifelike entity. And so uh, we've come up with this uh, concept of hope around town. And, and so wherever you are in your grief journey, uh, there's still other places you can be to help navigate. That. And so we're kind of make hope, you know, uh, uh, hope is to sort of help you navigate your pain. Hope is to find normality in your grief loss. Or, uh, you know, for me, it was like uh, just having people approach me like I was normal or to find somebody that, understood what I was going through and so that so we're taking hope and we're kind of making her lifelike yeah and how are you doing that well we, we've we've made her seven feet tall well, almost seven feet I should say and that uh, and we're bringing her around to various different things that children would do for instance she'll be going tubing this weekend at Horseshoe Resort and uh for for that and our participants will be going there and we hope to Bring hope to the community and make people aware of Season Center through those things. And she's going to go to a Colts game. She's going to private ski club. She's going to meet the mayor. She's going to a school. So, you know, it's, and and that, and that way we can bring awareness of what hope represents uh, for Season Center, but also what the hope that we need in the community. Coming up to the first thing that hope's going to be at this weekend, and that is snow tubing. How can people participate? Is there a cost involved or how can people join Hope in tubing this weekend? It's just a normal fees to go to Horseshoe Resort and, and go tubing. And that Hope will be there just, again, just to bring awareness to the community about Season Center for Grieving Children. There are opportunities for you to tap Hope. She has a tip-tap capabilities and make a donation. And Horseshoe's keep taking all the people that have made donations and that, putting them into draws and offering up wonderful prizes in, in the a family skis pass for next year, five by seven pass, you know. They've got all sorts of prize packages there. Where would you get the idea to bring hope to everywhere, uh, uh, to many places? I had a conversation with the creative co-op one day and I talked about how uh, one time I wanted to build a mascot. We never ever got there. 
And uh, so then the term Hope Around Town came about, and uh, now called Hat. <laughs> and uh, um, and then it just kept evolving in my mind, you know, okay, well, let's make her life-size. And then how do we how do we get people to identify with it? And why well, can't can't be like a kettle campaign at um, at the um, at Christmas time raising money? You know, so National Grief Awareness Day. Why can't she be part of that and doing that? And then people wanted to be involved in corporations and stuff. And so it's evolved from there. Is this the first time Hope's been going to be going yes. on many outings? This particular outing is it's my Samantha's birthday, or it would have been her 41st birthday. My daughter's lived and breathed Horseshoe Resort. Uh, I used to be the general manager of Horseshoe Resort. So uh, there's a memorial bench there in, in uh, Granite. It says our home away from home. <laughs> and that's what it truly was for them. So... Hope coming out, for lack of a better word, in Horseshoe is pretty significant in that way. Join Hope, Roley, and Cool FM's Charlie at Horseshoe Resort this weekend for Hope Goes Tubing. The music scene locally getting back on track after the pandemic. A lot of bands getting a chance to play again. Innisfil's Kyle Walkup among them had a lot of gigs last year, has written some new material. If you don't know him, let's get to know him. Uh, born and raised Innisfil uh, kid, grew up on Innisfil Beach Road, and I, I moved down south, if you will, to Bellewart, and uh, that's where I've been living for the last 11 years. You know, I've been really pushed in the last year with, with my solo stuff, and you know, I banged off 90 gigs, which, you know, over, I was trying to shoot for 100, but I just, just missed it, but, <laughs> but hey, um, it was a good, a good achievement to do. Uh, having you know, just being able to hang out with just myself with <laughs> with the circumstances we were put in in the past few years, and uh, I, I don't know really what's next, but I hope you know something big, something good. I'm, I'm chasing it. You know? How did it all begin for you? Take us back. When did you start playing a guitar? When did you start singing? When did you get that itch? Uh, I could tell you that it, it precisely where it was, and it was at Molson Park, Barry, uh, Somersault, two thousand. They had a bunch of bands, you know, I'm Mother Earth, Our Lady Peace, um, and the Foo Fighters, which is what, you know, flipped the switch for me. And I just remember, I'll, I'll never forget it, turning around and, and seeing just the crowd singing along to every word. It's like, that's where I want to be. And but prior to that, I was doing like a lot of like theater stuff locally, you know. Uh, so Simcoe Theater was where I kind of got my feet wet and got, I guess, the itch for being in front of people. Yeah, that kind of gave me a little bit of the tools to have a little bit of the confidence to go and speak, let alone, you know, be the center of attention. Um, yeah, kind of that kind of helped, right? And so your influences come from the Molson Park uh, events? Yeah, I would say that. And, and you know, like local local places, like, you know, a I, I big shout out to the, the Fox Lounge, playing there and getting our roots in there, like lots of bands. That was the place. You wanted to play, you were allowed to play there, you know what I mean? Like, And it was really good. How tough has it been? You mentioned uh, the, the 90 gigs in 2022 and uh, a couple of tough years prior to that. How tough was it to get back into a groove with everything, with, with having that, that two-year uh, hiatus, I guess? I think everybody kind of wanted it, too. You know? There were some good gigs and there were some bad ones. It's, it's weird. It's, it, it's, it's always hit or miss, right? Because it's playing and then... At, at the start of a place on, on Friday night. And then by the end of the night, there was it was packed, you know, and it was good. You didn't feel like you're playing for just the bartenders. But then by the end of it, there's 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 people. And then that's what that's what they love. 
you know, they want to sell food, they want to sell drinks, they want to they want to make money, right? So if we're helping them bring people there, then they're going to get us back. So what's uh, what's coming up? Uh, you've got uh, at least ninety gigs booked for this year. Uh, I've only got so far just a handful. I I don't think I'm going to be anywhere near those numbers, and I don't really plan to be. Some cool stuff coming out. Like I've I've just released you know about four four or five tracks that are are ready to come out uh, along with my single I've just released. The next month or so, um, we'll have that next single released, and we'll. We'll keep her going. Okay. If we're not out at a club somewhere seeing you, how can we hear you? Are you on CD and uh, online? I am on pretty well every platform, you know, like Spotify, YouTube, all the channels, Apple Music, iTunes. You know, there's so many that uh, I can't even, I won't be able to even spit out, right? <laughs> there's things I don't even know what they do. But, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool how you can, how easily it is to just, push your music if you want to do it independently. It does cost money, right? Like anything. Um, not much. Like, it's it's affordable because I'm doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's something that it makes it kind of easy for anybody. If you have a song and if you feel confident about it, you can release it. Okay, you're going to sing a song for us. Uh, yeah. This is the latest, right? This is the latest, not even. a bad mistake I was drinking again and it was awful late we only share each other's heartache it wasn't right for us to part sake not even once not even once more deleted numbers and marked It's a shame For everything we've done together I was smoking again And I was feeling the lesser With all this extra Built up pressure It was hard for us to even measure not even once, not even once more Deleted numbers and locked doors Not even once, not even once more Deleted numbers and locked doors Vibrations were off was it worth the cost? You got so far away Now I'm feeling lost And all this pain Will be forgotten But for now I'm feeling kind of rotten Not even once Not even once more Deleted numbers and lost Numbers and locked doors Not even once Not even once more 
And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Ian, Will, and MJ for their input and to Matt Ladder for pulling it all together. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.